0: I welcome you in the name of Jesus, because I am realizing that except he builds the house, we will be building in vain. And I want to prioritize that the word is the one that guides us. It's not what man does, what man says, because man is only limited to a day. But God is eternal. And so I will ask you just to bear with me for a little while, amen? Um, I draw my inspiration this morning from Psalms 21. As I began to Reflect on the year 2020. It's not it wasn't the first time that I'm looking back at the year 2020. Not that I'm looking back, I am trying to weigh the word that I believe it was of the spirit of the living God. That uh, the word was. 2020 will be a year of clear vision. And I think we received that word with gusto because we saw all things in bright colours. And in the brightness of colours, we began to see coronavirus arriving. And I don't know how many of you were aware, especially in South Africa, it's timing when we were asked to go on lockdown. It was at a time that I began to look at God's word with fresh perspectives. And I began to realize that we have been misled even reading to the time that we called Easter. Began to understand that it has been a wrong concept but that we have come to realize that it is actually Passover because God made it so. Because our timing was a couple of days before Passover, or what we traditionally uh, went on a holiday for as Easter. I don't want to go into all that because my message is different, but uh, I began to understand that except we search the scriptures, we can run for many, many years so deep into a thing that we don't even see that we have been going off course for a long, long time. And as I say, if you look at uh, the time of our lockdown, was so very close to the time the children of Israel, God asked them to go indoors and stay a night. Oh well, we perceive that it was one night when the angel of death passed over Israel, ah, over the children of Israel that were in Egypt, in a foreign place. In the place that God had not selected for them, but because of sin, God had allowed them to finally get there. And I find sometimes it seems like there is a contradiction in God's word, because God has said to uh, says uh, to David that I am selecting you that. I've set you up as a king over the children of Israel so that in the place that I will choose to build for them, they will never be moved from there. And we know that they have been moved many, many times since then. But I want you to understand that Israel or Jerusalem remains the property of the Jews even though there will be a time when they were physically taken away from thee. But God's word is never contradictory. It is just how you choose or how you want to understand what God is saying. Because the word of God is clear that the promises of God are yes and amen. In other words, that they are yes, yes. His promises are never, he says, my gifts Uh, without repentance. In other words, I won't uh, empower you with something and then later on I will begin to regret and remove my power and authority from you. It remains in force. It is how you have been groomed in what God has called you to. But looking back at 2020, And as I say, when then I came across Psalms 21, it made me want to look at uh, the 2020 again rather differently and say, what am I thankful for? I asked this morning, what is the take of coronavirus in Dundee? And it sounds like it is on an increase. So I will ask you to be vigilant when you're in crowded places. Observe whatever laws are being put in by the government, whether we like them or not. Social distancing is still a norm in our situation right now. Somebody said, well, I trust God. And I said, but it's very funny that you say you trust God when it comes to things like that. But you never just walk in front of a car and say, well, I trust God that the car is not going to knock me. So let's not be foolish. There are certain things that we just simply need to observe. And I don't think God is going to protect us from our foolishness. God said we must stay away from sin. Stay away from lying lips. Stay away from controversy. Stay away from knowing everything. Know that, the word says, remain teachable. Because uh, we can carry ourselves so high and mighty that we are never instructable. And so... David, for me, was such a man that uh, he knew how to be instructed. He knew when he was wrong. And as I read a little bit of what I read on David, I realized why God called him the man after my own heart. And there are many times people have spoken on the life of David and they always will end up with the things that he'd done wrong. But I think the things he'd done wrong far, far Uh, are below what he done right. And he knew even when uh, Saul will go crazy on him, he knew how to soothe him in God. He never went to appease him for his madness at him. I mean, you hear that, uh, that there were spears that were thrown at him and yet David never once said, well, he has become my enemy, and therefore I am going to chuck him to the devil. He would go knowing full well that the spear or the javelin was ready to be aimed at him, and he would go and play soothing music for him, that the demons will subside. He knew already that God had anointed him to take over from Saul. And yet, there was never a moment when he pushed Saul out of the way. In fact, David is such a person that uh, when uh, Saul was killed, or he killed himself, and then there was a young man that came and claimed, uh, thinking he was going to make David a happy man that you finally got rid of my enemy. And... uh, This young man will say to David, I saw Saul being uh, uh, speared, and then when uh, I came to him, he said to me, Fall on me, for I am wounded. And this young man says, I did what he asked me to do. And David would say to him, Were you not fearful of finishing the life of God's anointed? which of course was a lie, but he was just trying to appease David. And uh, because Saul, he fell on his own sword and he died with his son. So he was trying to carry David's uh, favor and instead David uh, called one of his henchmen and he said, fall on him because he dared to take out God's anointed. He will lament for Abner because Joab decided he's going to kill Abner. You know, there's there's a whole episode of understanding how to be your brother's keeper. How not to tear one another apart. And, And I'm looking at how foolish I have been in the past where we sort of take advantage of the situation when we think we are on top of our game and then we sort to undermine those that are around us hoping that uh, we can make some gains in life. And he realized that it is foolhardy. But I looked at David. Let's look at Psalms 21 so that I can get on to where we need to be going. And then I think uh, we will also read uh, Psalms Samuel's 2 Samuel chapter 7. I find that, that gratitude is of absolute importance if you want to progress in God. This morning I finalized my preparation, then I went outside just to, I think, uh, yeah, no, I finished uh, dressing. No, just started dressing. And just as I came out of the shower, this is what I got. It says, whatever challenges you have faced this year, know that it is not the end. Simply take lessons from it. Because as soon as David thought he had faced his challenges, he thought he had put them away, there were more challenges that came. But the integrity of his heart never wavered. And so I will ask all of us to allow the integrity of our hearts to remain in force, to remain in the spirit of God's grace. That uh, do not model yourself after man, model yourself after the Lord Jesus Christ. In there you will never be disappointed. Man is subject to the elements of the day, And uh, he's got his own challenges that he must deal with. And we need to be careful that we take a word that resonates with us and really stay focused on that word. I know you can't take everything that I say, but that which resonates with your spirit. That which you believe is going to push you into a closer relationship with Jesus. That is what you need to take in. You need to own it. You need to pray it in. It's not going to happen just by simply believing it. You can believe all you want. Remember that the devil also believed that Jesus Christ is of God and still remained the devil. But when we take the word of God and begin to exercise this upon our lives, and our life is not based on what we do on Sunday. Our lives is based on what we do 24 hours a day. Do I awaken in my sleep sweating because of something that's troubling me? Know that that is not of God. When you wake up jumping because something has made you fearful, instead of then meditating on that, you should be going down on your knees and say, Lord, I rebuke that spirit because I know it does not come from you. The spirit that comes from you, it is that of which is of peace, that which is of joy. If you wake up being contentious all the time, Know that there is something that is a mess that is out of place, and you need to fix that. And I cannot fix it for you. I can call you and lay my hands on you, but if the devil is, you know, has given the right of ownership, it's useless. There's a family in Glencoe that asked me to pray for them. One was a Christian, she married the other religion. And the husband, of course, is of the other religion. And I said to him, what say you? Because obviously there are things that are troubling them in the house. And then he goes on about, uh, you know, all the prayers are the same and all that uh, thing. So I said to him, you know, my Bible tells me that I must not interfere with your world. If your will is to keep that thing in the house, then keep it. But the day you decided that you have had enough of that lifestyle, then you can come back to me. I will come into agreement with you because what is in your heart, I cannot take out. Nor can God come and invade your house. It is up to you to take it out. If you feel it contradicts the life that you want, then you need to uh, place it at the altar of God and let God deal with it and so I left them at that and I realized that I cannot change any of you in this church it doesn't matter how long you've been in this house here I can't change you because it's what is in your heart if that which is in your heart changes then you will hear my words but if it's not in your heart, what I am saying, you will not hear a thing I say to you. And so I've come to make peace with that reality. And, and so I am reconciling all those things into my life today. And I'm saying, God, I am going to live for you. I'm not going to please man because I have realized that I will never be able to be adequate for man. Because I realize once again that honor is given. It's never commanded. I can never command you to honor me. Because then it will be given grudgingly. But if you give honor, it must be because you see something honorable. And if I haven't put that on display then I have been foolish to myself. But I don't believe that because I believe what God does. He does it purposefully. And so this is what uh, 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 David writes in uh, Psalms 21. He says, The king shall joy in your strength, O Lord. And in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice? He's asking a question. And so I begin to reflect on uh, how joyful should I be. Is there anything for me to be joyful about? Is there anything for me to lift up the name of Jesus? And uh, I have to come up with with, uh, the summary of what God has done for me. In other words, what is, am I grateful to God? Is there anything for me to be grateful to God for? And then verse 2 he says, you have given his, though you have given him his heart's desire, and you have not withheld the request of his lips. And then there's a a word that Jabula likes, salah. And I had to rest on that, where David says, you have not withheld any request that I have made towards you. And I'm thinking, okay, David, what did you ask God for? Besides many, many other things that uh, you asked uh, God for, Surely there must be things that, that uh, I can take from you and say, since God called you the man after my own heart, what was your behavior before when, when you, you wrote uh, uh, the, the Psalms? Where had you been where you began to look back because he puts us a lot there because it meant he put down his pen and he looked back at uh, his history and his interaction with God because i have to believe that he based his life on what God had done and uh, psalms 50 i think or 55 he will be cried the wrong deeds that he did And he will beg God. I mean, here was a king whom God had already said, he is a man after my own heart. He said, I am giving you, I have given you my uh, authority. I have given you my rod. I have given you even uh, the authority to minister as a priest, even though you're a king. And God uh, had not taken uh, any uh, umbrage against uh, David for going into the temple and taking the showbread and using, which was only for the priest. And yet David would pray and say, Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He so revered the presence of God around him. He never bothered himself about the side issues. He bothered about the presence of God operating in his life. He delighted himself in God. And so I had to look at uh, uh, S- uh, 2 Samuel. Just one of 2 Samuel chapter 7. Just one of the things, you know, the, there's just so many examples that you can draw from and really, really just look at how uh, David dealt with God. Because here yeah, he says, God has given me all that I have asked for. And then uh, David comes to a place, he's so chuffed with God. He comes to a place where in, uh, in uh, 2 Samuel uh, 7, He comes to a place where God has given him rest from all his enemies. And he says, and it came to pass, verse one, when the king sat in his house and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies. You would think this is a time for reset to say, now I can rest because God has given me rest. He didn't rest because he was tired of uh, being in uh, at uh, at war. He just rested because God had given him rest. He says that the king said to Nathan the prophet, "See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells within curtains." Is David having an interaction with his prophet? A man he could trust. A man that he knew had interface with God. A man he knew that wouldn't sell him at the first given moment and accuse him of many other things. For it would be Nathan that uh, would speak directly to him when he had sinned with Bathsheba. And Nathan says uh, to the king, go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. What a beautiful, beautiful place to be. And yet I believe each and every one of us, it can be said the same. If God has not protected you, maybe you can say, well, I'm still somewhere in the desert place. Verse four it says, "And God and it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, "Go and tell my servant David, shall you build me a house for me to dwell in? For you realize I'm going to skip. I'm not going to read the whole thing." He says to David, for you realize that that from the time I took the children of Israel out of Egypt, I have not dwelt in any one particular place. Because I have been with you wherever you have been. Do you understand me? God is saying to you and I this morning, I have been with you wherever you have been. Don't confine me into a corner and keep me safe somewhere. And then you go on and live your own life. God is saying, I am with you wherever you might be. Whatever you are doing, you cannot lock me up in some place and keep me there. And then you go, and then you go on with your life. That is when, you, when you, your life is dependent on every breath that God will breathe upon you. If there are still things that are outside of God's interference, then God cannot break in into your will. If you believe God can interfere with this, but he can't interfere with that, then God is just, He says, if you are not totally mine, then you are not mine at all. That's why he says that these people serve me with uh, their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. Because it is in the imagination of your your heart. That's why if you are still carrying things that uh, uh, will uh, cause you to meditate on, progress cannot happen. Verse 9, it says, I've been with you wherever you went and have not cut off and have cut off all your enemies out of your sight, and have made you a great, that's verse 9, and have made you a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in uh, in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more. Now we might, uh, I've, I've spoken in the beginning about a geographical area which is, is in, the, in, the, in the Middle East, in Israel, but to you and I, we are not homeless. God says, I have planted you in my heart and you will never move no more. Neither shall the children, of, uh, the children of wickedness afflict them anymore as before time. And so I'm asking you this morning to settle in your heart that God is for you. And you don't need to qualify that reality by excluding others. Uh, qualify that by thinking you're the only one that matters to God at the expense of others, you can say all you want, I am God's number one. But if you see somebody else as less worthy to be number one, then you have gone into idolatry. If you see the next person as less worthy to be blessed by God because of whatever reason you might find yourself in, you you know, I can't even judge what God will do with you if you become disobedient to God. It is not my place to judge what God is going to do to you. Because my only responsibility is to pray that God restores you if I think you have gone astray. But I cannot judge you. That's coming into harmony with the word of God. We have to do that. We have to build ourselves in Christ Jesus. If you can find nobody, nobody to lead you in the way that uh, you you think you should be going, look for Jesus. He will never disappoint you. Because he knows your beginning from the end. His plan for you is that you prosper and be in good health. That's what he died on the cross for. I didn't die for you. He did. He gave his life for you. And yet sometimes I feel my life is being shredded for every one of you. Sometimes you make me so angry that I want to say, remind God, you remember, Lord, when you called me into the ministry that I said, it's okay, I will do whatever you ask me to do. As long as you don't have people around me, I'll do that. But of course, that was foolishness in my time of being fearful. But I've come to realize that that God has placed you in my care by his own divine order. And so I'm asking you, Either accept that or then find who is going to lead you in a better way. I cannot uh, uh, tell you that I am adequate. I am not. But all I can ask you is uh, work with us. Work with what Jesus is doing. I believe 2021 is going to be even tougher than 2020. And if we have not toughened up in 2020, we are going to struggle in 2021. There are just some things, guys, that you're going to have to, you, you, you have to bring yourself to the place of saying, God, I don't see uh, the way forward, but I am going to die following you. I simply don't know how to make you understand that God is more in, than enough for you. It's not what man says, uh, how they sing accolades over you because tomorrow they will stab you on your back. So, walk with man, work with man because man is like Grass. He's here today, tomorrow is blown away by the wind, and he's no more. But trust God, for he is eternal. Draw life from David. You can read, I think it's uh, 1 Kings chapter 2, when he gives his final instructions to King Solomon. And his instructions were very emphatic when he said, follow the instructions of God. Whatever God has said in my life and the promises he has made, he said, Solomon, if you follow God, my lineage will be safe in your hands. God said, The scepter of rulership will never be removed from my children. We have to fight for the next generation. We have to create a platform on which the generations to come must take over from. Let us not be selfish and think everything ends with us. Do not rush and go into this uh, end of the world that it is coming so soon that I don't have to prepare my tomorrow. I'm sure even Noah, when he was taken into the ark, he also believed that the end of the world was now. We are still existing. We are here for a long haul. Let's just simply wait on God patiently wait on God. Don't try and rush God to do things. At his timing, God will do. It is either God is God or it is a figment of our own imagination. And I believe God is in charge of the whole earth, and but is waiting for his church to start trusting him again and not trust in the things that they can do, things that they can conjure up. To represent God. Because the word of God is clear. It's, uh, it, it, the word of God uh, says to us. Uh, that the kingdom of God. Is not about food and drink. It, is, it says it's not visible to the eye. But it is about peace and joy and righteousness. We have to return uh, to righteousness. Righteousness. And I think righteousness has been, uh, you know, moved about uh, many, many directions. Simplest form, I understand, it is are we right with God? Will we fulfill everything that God has stipulated? I don't believe so. But fulfill one and the rest will take care of themselves. Let's be truthful to each other. Let us be truthful first with ourselves. And what I drew out of uh, this conversation with David and Nathan and God, it is David first that is spoken of. But suddenly the whole tribe comes in, tribe of Benjamin. And next thing, the whole of Israel comes in into the picture. And so God will deal with a man. But when uh, those around him begin to look to uh, his behavior and the things that he does, God then will filter everything down to everybody around him. Verse 18. Then went King David in and sat before the Lord. And he said, who am I, O Lord? God. What is my house that you have brought me to this point? And this was yet a small thing in your sight, O Lord God. But you have spoken also of your servant's house for a great while to come. In other words, you have projected my name down the ages. And I'll tell you what, any person that will speak on the life of David, no matter how anti anything that David did, all have a high regard for David. His name is venerated throughout all the ages. Listen to a Jew speak about David. He's revered. He has a special place. When we were there in 2012, they had just uncovered his palace. They were busy digging. Because... uh, I don't know how this place, Israel, is because daily they are rediscovering things that are buried. What did I say the last time I heard? Is it two or three stories deep? How they built in the past is so deep without earth-moving machinery. And yet they built from the bottom. There were uh, there are houses that they have houses and other houses on top of. Not visible to the eye. But it's all coming out today. And so I cherish his prayer. And what can David, verse 20, what can David say more to you? For you, Lord God, knows your servant. For your word's sake and according to your own heart have you done all these great things to make your servant know them. Wherefore you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you. Neither is there any God beside you according to all that we have heard with our own ears. And what one nation in the earth is like your people, even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself and to make him a name and to do for you great things and awesome for your land before your people, which you have redeemed to you from Egypt, from the nations and from their gods. For you have confirmed to yourself, your people Israel, to be a people to you forever. And you, Lord, you have become their God. I wish I could pray this prayer over you, that you would receive it. That God has redeemed you for himself. That you will be His people, and that He will be your God. And it is not confined about you calling on the name of Jesus. It is about, has the standard of God being set in you? In your heart. When you have said, "Even in the midst of adversity, you will say, "God is my redeemer." God is my high tower where I am not going to try and defend myself but I will say God you are my defender because uh, be careful when somebody you are attacking and it begins to call upon the name of his God and say Lord defend me from my enemies. Because if you attack me, then I have to say, you have become my enemy. And the word of God promises me that if you have become my enemy, then if I pray, God, defend me against my enemy. My prayer as I've said here from this platform, the, my uh, uh, worst prayer for my enemies is that God will give them salvation. Amen? Amen? And so you can't become an enemy and uh, pray that God will allow you then to receive your own salvation. P- p- uh, Saul of Tarsus. He became the enemy of God by persecuting the church of Jesus Christ. He knew he was convinced that they were so wrong. He had the authority to fix everything. God blessed him (laughs) with salvation. And so there is still redemption for all of us. No matter where we are standing today, God has salvation for each and every one of us. If David could say, Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't believe, once saved, forever saved. It is about weighing yourself on a daily basis on God's scale. Understanding that as long as you are human, the possibility of sinning are great. The closer you get to God, the reflection of his grace. Isaiah served God. He served him, and yet when the glory of God drew near him, he said, woe is me, for I am undone. It's not that he was a sinner. As one that was beyond redemption, he was in God, trusted God. He came up with the most uh, deepest of revelation I, I think of all the prophets that Jesus will quote him extensively. Paul will quote him extensively. He added so much into the New Testament and yet when the glory of God drew near he found himself undone. Found himself of unclean lips he needed urgent help don't get too wise in your own wisdom draw near to God and let him be your vindicator don't boast yourself don't boast of your achievements boast only that you know him and that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. This is a road that we have to travel. Don't rush to get to where you really don't know how well prepared you are for. Anyway, you can continue to read on David's prayer. From verse 18 of chapter 7 of uh, 2 Samuel. Verse 26, he says, Let your name be magnified forever. The Lord of hosts, the God over Israel. And let the house of your servant David be established before you. He had built himself a house. And yet now, he's saying, God, establish my house. Let my house be established on your order, not by the expensive wood that I have used, expensive materials, that it becomes an icon in the town. It is is God, God of that house. For you, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, has revealed to your servant, saying, I will build your house. Therefore has your servant found in his heart to pray this prayer to you. And now, O Lord God, you are that God, and your words be true. And you have promised this goodness to your servant. Therefore now let it please thee to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever before you. for you, O oh Lord God, have spoken it, and with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. David's heart, David's heart, was to build God's house. His heart was to build God's house. And he inquires of his prophet, is it proper for me to build this house? We know the story that God would turn him down on that. He said, no, you have fought too many wars. You've got blood in your hands, on your hands. Therefore, you won't. But I'll tell you what. I will allow your son to build me a house. We know how Solomon turned out in the end. But that was his own choosing. It was not God's will. But the presence and the anointing of God, because God had promised, uh, remained with Solomon, even though he lost the plot. I think uh, Paul, he, he writes, he says, every man's work will be inspected. What materials did you use to build? Wood, hay, straw, and stubble? And each man's work will be put to the test. To see, did you build in accordance with my plan? No matter how weak your Your materials you used, but did you build according to my plan? That then I can maintain that which you built. And unfortunately, all of us will wait for the next generation to know, did we build according to God's plan? Or did we build our own empire? There's a portion of scripture, I think, is in Numbers. I shared this here with uh, Randolph, uh, it was during lockdown when we were having a conversation. And it was, do you think people will return to the church when all this is done? And for me, it was, it depends how we have built. Now I realize that that, uh, how we build it might not suit everybody. But those that heard what we said are still here today. They have not withdrawn themselves. They're still here. So we must assume we are encouraged that we need to continue on what God is doing. And uh, as I say, it won't please everybody. It just doesn't happen. Um, Yeah, I think that's basically that. What materials are we using to build God's house? It is at a critical time right now. We're coming to an end of the year. Some of us are really, really hoping they come year-end coronavirus Will be no more. But uh, who knows what God is up to? But know this one thing God is not surprised by coronavirus. No, is it defeated by coronavirus? It is up to us. What are we going to be doing with coronavirus in the time of coronavirus? Are we going to learn to trust God? Trust God. In a time of crisis, It's a time we should be more on our knees than anything else. If you've been watching the news, you would hear what how um, uh, M'Hueng M'Hueng prayed, and a storm that was once again erupted around him. I love the man's response, saying, it is not so much of how I prayed about the 666, It is because I use the name of Jesus. And the name of Jesus is becoming taboo in an open environment. But you can pray on any other thing, about any other thing, and that's accepted. You can malign and accuse people of things. You will not be taken to task for that but mention the name of Jesus and it becomes an issue. So dress yourself up in the knowledge that uh, you will be tested. It is our testing time and we cannot fail. We have to dress ourselves knowing full well. All I am asking you do not compromise to win anything. Because the moment you do that, You have lost it. Do not compromise. Do not compromise the name of Jesus. Stand firm on that. And God will back every word that you will speak. Amen.